Welcome to the Foreign Lady Podcast. Here's your host, Elizabeth. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Foreign Lady Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth. And the bottom line. And we are back with another episode for you this week. On today's episode, we are discussing Bill Cosby. He has been released from prison where he was sentenced back in 2018. So we're going to discuss the reason he's out and the survivors and a lot of his victims are not happy. But we are also going to discuss the one person that seems to be happy that he's out. So we're going to discuss that. We are also going to be discussing Harl Nassib. I think that's how you say his name. He is the first active NFL player to come out as gay. So we're going to discuss that. And we are also going to discuss the assassination of the Haitian president, uh, Jovenel Mosib. Butcher it. Go ahead. <laughs> you're, Butcher the, it. you're the Haitian. You have to help I'm, I'm me probably out. Gonna, I'm going to probably say just as bad as you, even though I am Haitian. But, you, you know, know, I would assume it, it sounds like Jovenel Moise. Jovenel that's, Moise. That's the best I could, I could bring to the table. Hey, it's a lot better than mine. So we're going to discuss all of that. It's still ongoing. Everything's still active. But I just thought that we should t- just kind of discuss it where we think uh, Haiti is headed now. And I have a connection to it. You obviously have a connection to it. So that's why I thought we should kind of talk about it and discuss and finally, we're going to just have a light little topic that we're going to talk about since everything just seems so heavy. Uh, they, Hollywood is remaking Clifford the Big Red Dog. If you don't know, it's, it's like a back in a day cartoon. I used to watch it every day after school. It comes on. It used to come on PBS and now they are remaking it. So what do we think? And should Hollywood just stop with these remakes? All of this and more on this week's episode. Just a quick little note. I am battling a bit of a cold, so that's why maybe sound a little funny. And so if I'm like scratching my throat or whatever the heck I'm doing this whole time, that's why. Because I have like a bit of a scratchy throat. So I could thank my little niece for that little gift. So let's get started. Bill Cosby. He is out. They have released him. He is home. And people are not happy. So for those of you who do not know the reason he's out, he is out on a technicality, which there can be a lot of in this legal process of ours. So what happened is back in 2005, when the case first came into the uh, DA's office, I don't think this was for Andrea Constant, which is the trial that proceeded in 2018 and got convicted. I think this was for another victim. So his uh, conviction got overturned by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court because back in 2005, the Montgomery County District Attorney's Office made a decision to not prosecute him in return for him sitting down for a deposition. And it was that confession that he made in that deposition that they used against him in his 2018 trial. And that was the part of the main reason why he got convicted because he admitted it in a deposition. And so, you know, his attorneys basically filed an appeal, basically saying that they were not allowed to use that particular deposition and what he said, because those confession came out in conjunction with the decision that the sort of deal that he made with the DA's office. And that's how he got let out. And the Pennsylvania Supreme Court 
agreed with him and said, yeah, he shouldn't have been taken back to criminal court because he agreed that if he sat down for this, he would not be prosecuted in a criminal trial. What do you think? The first question I want to ask. Yes. What did he actually admit to? Uh, if you saw the deposition, he actually admitted in the deposition that he gave women quaaludes. And on the surface, that might seem damning. That's very damning. I've watched other videos from other people that are familiar with the law, and they said him providing them drugs isn't the same as coercing them or forcing them to do something against their will, especially if they wanted the drug. Yes. So even in that statement that he made, even in that admission, I want to be careful to say that that somehow is the reason he went to jail. And again, like we're all trying to understand all the details, but from what I understand, he never actually admitted to something that would, as though he took advantage, nothing that is valid. Yes. And I feel like it's our responsibility to, to point that out as well. He didn't, he didn't actually admit to anything that would seem as though he sexually assaulted somebody. Yes, you are correct. You are absolutely correct. You know, we have a responsibility to our audience to give them the fact. So yes, in the actual deposition, he never admitted to assaulting anybody. All he said was he admitted to giving uh, women pills and he admitted that, you know, during that time, everybody did drugs. You know, he still maintained his innocence and said that everything was consensual and he never actually did anything of or forced himself on anybody without their will. So that part of it, he's still claiming his innocence on. But as far as giving out the drugs, uh, he admitted to that part. So yes. Something else I want to be careful of. Do you think he got off on a technicality? Yes, that is what we call it in the legal world. It, it, he And even legal experts have said that it, he got off on a technicality. And that's a technicality. Okay. Yeah. Because I know that you would probably be more of the expert on this, but just like you, I'm reading our articles, watching videos, and what they're saying is that, you know, it was a violation of due process where, yes. you know, they said one thing and did another. So is that really a loophole or are they correcting something? So a technicality can mean a couple of things, right? It could be due process rights were violated. It could be uh, something in the law. Uh, it could be a DA or a persecutorial misconduct. It could be a lot of things, right? And so in this particular case, the DA's office were not supposed to actually try him back in 2018 because of the deal that they made in, in uh, 2005. Deposition he sat for was on the assumption that number one, he would settle the matter in a civil trial and this would not go to, it would not result in, in a criminal trial. But because of the whole Me Too movement, because this was the first actual high profile case at the height of the Me Too movement. So this will technically be considered uh, prosecutorial misconduct because they made the deal with him and then they went back on it. So not only did they charge him criminally, but they they used his deposition against him and they weren't supposed to do that. Okay, so Phil B, then he got off on a technicality. That was Phil B's terminology to use for him. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, like looking at the situation, if a man still maintained his innocence 
and didn't officially admit to anything. And if we go according to our laws, you are innocent till proven guilty. He's still innocent according in the eyes of the law. So he settled so all I'm of very this careful. civil. Yeah, yeah. So in the eyes of the law, his um convict his 2018 conviction is thrown out. So it, it's like it never happened. They it's like wiped from his record because of that deal that he made. So overturned means that in like it technically never happened. Okay. So he still, he still maintains his his innocence. Correct. Okay. Correct. Because you know I know like we can get caught up in emotions right or wrong but if we're going by the laws of our country i think it's very important that we do hold on to the idea of innocent until proven guilty right even with that there's so many people that feel like they never should have given him that deal you know that deal should never have been made and i was actually watching an interview with the district attorney at the time who actually made the deal i think he was on cnbc or something like that and they asked him, why did you like, why did you make that deal back then? Because now it's, you know, it, it affected this trial and it's, you know, pretty much thrown out. And he said that, you know, the reason why he made that deal was because at the time, you know, they like they didn't have enough evidence to actually prove what happened, which is understandable in a lot of these cases. You know, it's, you know, usually her word against his like there are very little witnesses in, in cases like this. And they wanted to get him on something. And so he said the only way that he could get him on record to actually acknowledge the whole, like acknowledge the whole thing and actually settle it in a civil court. And for some of these victims to get some form of justice in, you know, a monetary way was for him to make that deal saying, if you go on record, if you do this deposition and actually admit to what you did or admit to, you know, giving them drugs or what, you know, whatever situation and settle this matter civilly, then you won't get prosecuted for it criminally in the future. And that's the reason why he said that he made that deal because he just wanted justice for them in whatever way. For me, I know like there's a lot of feelings involved and people are angry, but yeah. we can't let feelings or anger or just accusations be greater than verifiable evidence. We can never go down that path. And so even if I may think that he's guilty, if I know you haven't proven it, then he should be able to walk as a free man. Yeah. We have to find verifiable evidence. That way we don't have to regret, regret it in the future. And, Again, a lot of people have brought this up. Uh, Emmett Till, very similar situation. He was accused. He lost his life. Years later, the woman that accused him said she made it up. Right. And um, I know there's so many women that accuse Bill Cosby, but all you need is one. One woman whose story doesn't slightly match up, and then it tarnishes all the rest. It makes you question all the rest. But when we right. all have verifiable evidence that no one can question, then yeah, guess where he's going? He's, he's, he's going to jail. No one's going to argue that. No one's going to have a problem with that. We, if you have evidence, put him where he needs to be. Yeah. At this point, at the, in the court of public opinion, his reputation is done. You know, like his right. reputation is pretty much tarnished. Like I said, I'm kind of torn between this because, yes, you're absolutely right. 
you know, he still says everything was consensual. He just said, you know, he gave him party drugs, but that that's what they did back then. But then you have 60 women who, who have been hurt by this man. You know, they, you know, they came out through their attorneys and said that, you know, this was heartbreaking for them. And it, it felt like a slap in the face. I don't know, but he has supporters. Let, let's talk about that. He has, he has supporters in uh, Felicia Rashad. Yeah. Uh, so she came out and tweeted her support for him moments after he was released. Uh, she said, finally, a terrible wrong is being righted. A miscarriage of justice is corrected. And following the swarm of backlash, she walked her her statement back and basically said, I fully support survivors of sexual assault coming forward. My post was in no way intended to be insensitive to their truth. Personally, I know from friends and family that such abuse has long-term residual effects. My heartfelt wish is for healing. What do you think of this? I think in 2021, it is very brave for somebody to still stand by their friend with a mountain of accusations because it's not something you see. When people are accused of something like this, especially men, when they're accused, everybody disappears. Their friends, their businesses, their associations, they just disappear and they wait for it to blow over or they wait until there's a small piece of evidence to prove their innocence to say, oh, okay, we, we can be your friend now. But it seems like Felicia Rashad, is saying, I believe in my friend, I trust him, this is not who he is, and I'm going to stand by him. And I, and a part of me respects her, that I'm, I believe him, I believe he didn't do this, and that takes a lot of integrity. And she, She's really putting herself on the line Oh yeah. to say what she said. I, a, a lot of people can't do that for a friend. You know, she, she's willing to put her own reputation on the line for him, and she doesn't have to do it, but she's doing it anyway. Yeah. And her statement alone, when she said, you know, justice is being corrected. Again, I didn't look at it as if she was saying something against the, the women that accused him. I didn't, I didn't look at it that way. I looked at it specifically as, as to what it was being said. She was talking about how they basically duped him. Yeah, you know, yeah. said one thing, did another. That's what she was addressing. She wasn't trying to talk down to the women or, or, or demean what they've been through or right. what they said they have been through. And I didn't take it that way. And most people that I've seen, you know, they're saying she's just showing support for a friend. She, she, she just has an opinion, what happens to freedom of speech. But now people want her to resign from her position. Yes. And at that point, it's going too far. Yeah. So she even came out and said that's what she meant, right? That she meant that they, the system basically railroaded him and made a deal with him and then went back on it. And so she was talking, she said she was talking about the whole legal process and not trying to take away from the um, experience of the, of, of the victims, right? She's now the newly promoted uh, Dean of uh, Fine Arts at Howard University. And, you know, Howard University have come out and condemned her comments and said, you know, this is in no way, shape or form aligned with any of their causes. I think you were the one who even pointed out to me that now they're making her take assault training. She then released a le uh, sent a letter to the students and, the, and their parents, uh, basically saying that, you know, my remarks were in no way directed towards uh, survivors of, of sexual assault. I vehemently oppose uh, sexual violence find no excuse in such behavior. And I know that Howard University has a zero, zero tolerance policy 
towards interpersonal violence. Uh, she said she's going, she's undergoing training to engage in active listening and to participate in uh, not only reinforcing the university protocol and conduct, but also to learn how to be a stronger ally for assault survivors and anyone who has suffered in the hands of an, of an abuser. Is this going to make a difference? You know, it's like somebody, you know, somebody says something racist, they're automatically going to sensitive sensitivity training or rate or um, diversity training. You know, someone says, you know, someone is cheating or cheated on their wife. All of a sudden they're going to rehab or they're going to, you know, sexual, uh, they're going to sex, sex therapy, whatever. There's like, it seems like there's a training for everything right now. Right. And it's, it, we're just in such a culture where it's like, you know, it, it was bold of her to come out and, and support her friend publicly because not a lot of people will actually put themselves on the line for that. But have we gotten to a place where people can't say what they want to say? Like you said, I mean, the first, our first uh, constitutional right is freedom of speech. It just seemed like people can't say what they want to say anymore without being called to be canceled or being called for, you know, I, I just don't understand it. This is going to be one of those things to me. They're going to regret this idea of canceling people because um, they voice their opinion. They use their amendment right to speak up for somebody, speak up for a friend who they believe is innocent. And ultimately, it's all a show. This is done for our benefit. Okay. I don't know. I mean, because Howard is not going to you know, punish her, like they're, they're not punish her in the sense of like, they're not going to remove her from her spot. Do you, th do you think that she knew the backlash that she was going to get from, for coming out? And she just was like, I don't care. I'm going to support my friend. You know, if you had a friend in that kind of spot, would you support them publicly? If you were, you know, famous and all that. I think, I think she wants to take the heat for a friend. Mm -hmm. I think she knew what the backlash might be and was still willing to put herself on the line. Would that be something I would do? I don't know. Mm. It's really hard to say. In 2021, it's really hard to say whether you would put yourself on the line for somebody. If I did do it, though, it's because I believe the person is innocent. Right. I believe with my whole heart they wouldn't have done that. And if I were to learn otherwise, it would be a shock to me. Right. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, do you have anything else to add before we move on? One thing that Felicia Rashad said that I think we should think about is that she says she believes it's all been orchestrated. And I think that's something we really do need to consider because during the time of the Cosby show, that's when... African-Americans were going to college more than any other period. Yeah, absolutely. With, you know, a different world and, and all that. Yeah. So these things had a huge impact. I mean, he's called, he was called America's dad. It, it, it shows his cultural impact. And I do think that, yeah, they could be trying to destroy his legacy. All right, let's move on. Uh, so we're going to uh, go to Carl Nassib. And uh, he is the first active NFL player to come out as gay. He made the announcement on his Instagram. Um, he plays for the uh, LA, not LA, sorry, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, he he's a defensive end. 
And he made the announcement, like I said, via Instagram, via video message. He said, I just wanted to take a quick moment to say that I'm gay. I've been meaning to do this for a while now, but I feel comfortable enough to get this off my chest. I really have the best life. I got the best family, friends, and the job a guy can ask for. I'm a pretty private person, so I hope you guys know that I'm really not doing this for attention. I just think that representation and visibility are so important. Um, he also writes on his Instagram, he said he has agonized over this moment for the past 15 years and only recently decided to come out publicly with his sexuality after receiving the support of his family and his friends. He said, I am incredibly uh, thankful for the NFL, my coaches, my fellow team uh, players uh, for their support. I would not have been able to do this without them. From the jump, I was greeted with the utmost respect and acceptance. So my question to you is, have we gotten to a point where our society uh, or and and an organization that you know some would say is very macho like the nfl have we come to a place of, of acceptance where we can't have an lgbtq um member in the in the nfl and will this encourage other people who maybe are living their truth privately and not come out publicly do you think this will encourage them to do that and i think he um he's not the first person right he's just the first one that's actively playing right now there was another guy that came out as as gay correct yeah okay i, I can't remember his name right now uh, i think you do you remember his name it was michael sam michael sam okay yeah so what do you think of this have we in a are we gotten to a place where this is our new normal or do you think there's still some people that, you know, that are not going to be so accepting in the locker rooms? When it comes to Carl Nassib, I think the NFL is open. Tim as a player, 2021, we are being more inclusive. We were trying to be. And there really is no going back. There really is no other option except to move forward, to progress. And I think... From what I've seen, people are welcoming, welcoming him with open arms. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that his orientation has nothing to do with his job or what's expected of him. It bears no weight on what, what he's supposed to do. Right. That's really just his personal life. Again, we're, we're, we understand that people's private lives is separate from their work lives most of the time. So it is, it is something that deserves recognition and he's still able to do his job at the end of the day right and i guess a lot of it has to do with this like stereotype of like gay men you know that they're not really big on sports they're you know very feminine and and it's like there are a lot of macho gay guys out there too we got to stop putting people in i mean don't get me wrong not that they're you know they're not all that stuff either but you know we got to stop putting people in a box and thinking oh well you know just because you're gay you you don't like this or you don't like that or just because you're this um you don't like this or you're you're not you don't like that does that make sense like i you know i just really think we need to open our our minds more and stop being just stuck in this like old-fashioned sort of ways and realize that people are different things people like different things people are different things people are people are different you know and and that's okay 
Going back to what you said about, you know, what is the NFL going to do? Like not, not accept him. You're right. They're not going to publicly not support him. But like, what do you think the dynamic would be in the locker room? I mean, not that you've been in an NFL locker room, but you know, as a guy, you know, I, I'm sure you, you've been to a couple of locker room gyms and or in school or whatever like that. Like, do you think for the most part, everybody would be supportive or... What's supposed to happen in the locker room? I don't know. What is is supposed to happen there other than you hearing the plays, working out, changing your clothes, like that that's you know, changing your gear. What is what else is supposed to happen in the locker room? I mean, you know, maybe some men don't wanna now see him like see want him to see them changing. I don't know. You know What is that gonna do? Look, people are weird, okay? Literally, people think you sneeze on them and you can like catch the gay. It, it's it's weird. Okay, people are weird. That's true if you're ignorant <laughs> or don't know any better. <laughs> like, like that's one hundred percent true to people who are ignorant or don't know any better. But you know, as you get older, once you are you know comfortable with your own orientation and you don't have to question it, you're not bothered by anyone else's. Right. Carl is sitting there in the locker room staring at you. Uh, for long periods of time as you change, unless that's the situation, you shouldn't feel uncomfortable. Outside of that, it should be as normal as as, possible. as, as, as it's always been. Right. That's true. All right. Let's move on. Okay. So when I heard about this, I couldn't believe it. Like I've lately, I've literally been watching like Vice News documentaries about what's going on in Haiti. And, you know, so, there are some people who, um, weren't really a fan of the president. Um, they said that, you know, and then there was this whole scuffle about his term. He says he still has another year opposition and other people says, you know, his year is up. Like, it's just a whole thing. I like, I, I don't know if he was po- like, I, I don't think he was popular, but I didn't, I mean, I, I don't think anybody would ever think that a president of a country would get assassinated. But yeah, he was killed in the early hours of Friday morning at his private residence near the capital Port-au-Prince. He was shot 12 times and his wife was shot three times. They said she's in critical condition right now and she was flown to a Miami hospital. So she's in the States, she's in Florida healing in a hospital and recovering. And they said that sort of reports have been coming out that they were armed group of professional killers consisted of about two dozen people, uh, two American citizens. Um, They have not been confirmed yet by the, I guess, State Department, but they're saying that there are two American citizens and like two dozen retired Colombian military personnel. Um, And so the Colombian authorities are also working in conjunction with the Haitian uh, authorities, along with, I think, are the U.S. troops is also somehow getting involved because video that came out, there were people who heard some of the, uh, you know, uh, gunmen say DEA agents were from the DEA or something, which the DEA department has denied. This is just like a mess. I mean, it's a huge mess right now. They've detained about 17 people. Four of them were shot doing like a shootout with officers. What are your thoughts on this? How do you feel about this being from Haiti and having ties there? What's next? I know you you know, didn't grow up there and you might not know a lot of the politics, but, um, you know, like what, just, what are you feeling right now? What's going on? What are people saying? Um, to me, it's not like a shocker. I mean, Haiti has been through 
a series of tragic events. So yeah. this one didn't seem out of the blue. My parents, from what I asked, weren't, weren't phased by it. It's not like they're okay with it. We're not okay with it. It's just that you hear so many bad things happening that you kind of get desensitized and you're kind of like, yeah, why, why wouldn't this happen next? Right. You know, why wouldn't this be the next bad thing that happens? Like you start to believe anything is possible. And, you know, it's sad. At first I thought it was one of his own people. I thought it was one of the people of Haiti that did it. But then, you know, when I heard new information that it was like mercenaries from other countries, I'm like, well, it had me thinking like, what's really going on? Right. What kind of conspiracy is this, you know, situation is happening now? I'm like, whoa, whoa, what's really happening behind the scenes? Right. I mean, this is like a whole conspiracy going on, you know, like I first think that, okay, did he not have security? And then I'm like, okay, like either his security team was on it or or they are the most lousy security team ever. But then as reports came out, I was like, oh, wow, there was like 20 of them or 26 of them or, you know, like reports are, are sort of. Uh, different depending on which channel you watch so you know at least we know there are about uh two uh, you know more than two dozen of them that were involved so i could see how they could overpower his security team i could totally see that but yeah i you know i thought oh my god so you know one of his citizens maybe uh, somebody was trying to do a coup or whatever and now it's like international and all of the um, like what is happening you know i guess my question would be who who has a lot to gain by his death? Like, what are they trying to do? You know, because the, the country is already in and so much turmoil, like you said, th- throwing this into the mix is just not it's not helping. The thing is, I wish I knew more. It, it's still so fresh, still so new. Most there's still a lot of unknown information, still a lot of question marks. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I, I just feel like this country has been through a lot you know, from there, they haven't fully recovered from the 2010 earthquake. Now you throw this into the mix. Now you have two prime ministers, the, the, the one that's there now, and then the one that was supposed to be sworn in this week. You have them fighting for who's in charge of the country. You know, it's citizens are, are just confused. People here in the States who have family down there are confused. You know, like I said, I have I have ties to the country. You know, my my son is half Haitian. I have friends, obviously, um, and I talked to a couple of them, and they're just as shocked as you are, and they're just like, we don't know what's going on either. But, you know, as more information comes out, we'll let you guys know. We think that it's worth mentioning, but those are the those are the critical things right now and the investigation is ongoing you know my heart just goes out to the people of haiti i just really hope that this country can can recover or at least at least try to get some some form of just get a break you know i don't think you have anything else to say on that so we'll move on Uh, oh i do i do because (laughs) because this is my you know this is my you know country and also i I do feel like i want to point out a few things about you know, prior to the assassination, you had gangs and protests just running rampant under his leadership. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he was trying to consolidate power and rewrite the Constitution, and this didn't make people happy. Right, and then and I heard that, mo- did he dispatch uh, Parliament? Like, he, he got rid of Parliament completely, right? Yeah, I heard rumors about that, too. Yeah, people weren't happy with what he was trying to do, but that's that's also nothing new about leadership there. Like people won't people aren't happy. 
in a country that's the poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere, people aren't happy about the decisions that are being made. But I also want to say something else, and, I, and you know, it's very important to me that I say this. I was watching this video, another, another news channel, and the anchorman was saying how Haiti is still being punished by European nations for being the first black republic in the world, uh, the first nation created by a successful slave rebellion, because that rebellion in 1804, it disrupted a lot of things for European nations. It, it shook the world, you know, because the belief was that black people especially would never be able to overthrow their oppressor, let alone declare themselves an independent nation. And ever since then, European nations at the time made them pay for it. They made sure that they, Haiti would have no economic success, making sure that they put up trade embargoes and, and didn't recognize them as a, as a country for 60 years and then made them pay a debt of about 150 million francs, which is a, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know the, the, the uh, currency, the, the, the American equivalency, but it was a lot of money. The world made Haiti pay for what it did for, for daring to be free, for saying no to oppression. And they're still paying for it. Now the world, you know, needed to see them fail because the belief was that, you know, black people, really can't govern themselves. And they saw to it that the island of Haiti couldn't do that. And I feel sorry for what the people are going through. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a lot. I did, I did hear about this too, you know, that France made them pay back a huge debt that they still haven't recovered from. It just seems like that country just can't catch a break. This isn't the first time that you've had, you know, dictators and shitty presidents. I mean, it, it happens, but not to the point where, you know, you, you have to go to these lengths and these ex- extremes, but we're going to do what they need, what they want to do. And they think it's, it's a good idea at the time, but now it's like, now look what you've done. You've destabilized the whole country that wasn't, that was barely stable before. Like are are kidnappings going to go up or killings going to go up or, are violence going to go up? We don't know. Yeah, I mean, my my heart goes out to everybody there, and we're all praying for you. And that's all I can say. All right, so we're going to just do a fun little topic. When I saw this, I was just like, what the hell, man? This is ridiculous. So for those of you who do not remember the cartoon, the big, the Clifford the Big Rag Dog, it used to come on on PBS. I used to watch it. I was a huge fan, uh, mostly because the girl's name was Elizabeth. So I was like, "Uh oh, OK. And, you know, I, I watched it as I, as a kid. I would come on with author and a bunch of other ones like Dragon Tales. And OK, now I'm like showing my age. But anyway, Hollywood is doing a remake. Uh, I saw the trailer for it. For those of you who have not seen it, you can check it out. It's awful. Um, if you want to look at a strong it, word. it's terrible. I'm sorry. Like the, the CGI for the dog is just, uh, it's too much, man. What do you think of this? Should Hollywood just stop making remakes and just leave things alone? Like not everything needs to be, not every cartoon or, or, or video game, not, not everything needs 
a remake and, you know, stop ruining people's childhoods. And do you know, do you think that Hollywood has just run out of original ideas? And I'm sure there's so many talented storytellers out there that they're just not giving a chance to. And, you know, they just want something that's going to make you know, quick money, blockbuster money. And they have like 10 Fast and Furiouses now. There's like all these Marvel movies and a like they just want quick, quick money that they know it's going to just give them a return in their investment. And they're not movies aren't movies anymore. You know, I'm a huge fan of movies like and this is just sad. What are your thoughts on it? Honestly, I was excited. I was the one who shared with you the trailer. Yeah, I you shared it to happy. me. No, I, I saw the trailer before you shared it to me. And I just literally, I just shook my head. And what did I text you? I was like, they're ruining my childhood right now. This is just terrible. I hate <laughs> I it. I was sharing this trailer all over. Like, oh, Clifford, the big, I, watching that show growing up. I mean, like, it just, to me, it just reminds me of my childhood. So I wasn't even looking at it like, oh, here's a CGI. And I didn't want to be so nitpicky. I was like, here's something that is simply wholesome. No. And... No, if you want the reason wholesome, why I appreciate it. go watch the original cartoon. To me, is not this. This one is to me is nothing wrong with it because in 2021, you got people remaking movies where the villain is the hero. You know, so you got to support the the, <laughs> the Disney villains and feel bad for them. Right, and it's a nice twist on things, but sometimes just give me something wholesome that I grew up with that I ha- I didn't have to think too much about. It was a simple lesson, a simple problem, and at the end, everybody hugged. Sometimes I'm okay with that. Like, there's so much that you see out there in the world that just doesn't make any sense that you see on Instagram or social media. You're kind of just afraid to go outside. But Christopher the Big Red Dog just, just reminds me of a time of innocence. You could turn something on and everybody could relate to it. Regardless of who you were, you could love that big red dog. I really wish. And that was enough for me. I really wish that we were doing our video um, podcast this week because you guys could just see my face while he's talking. I'm just sitting here just shaking my head like, what the hell <laughs> are you talking about? I mean, you know what I'm doing? I'm smiling as I'm looking up to the ceiling talking about the big red I'm dog. Just Clifford. Shaking I'm just shaking my head in disappointment like, what the hell? No. That dog was that dog is beloved. You know, I can't I can't wait for it. it does, to me, like I'm not I'm not I'm not wanting the world from this movie. I'm not wanting it to change my life. I just want it to be a nice a nice throwback to my childhood. That's it. I don't like it. Don't <laughs> <laughs> See, this is a problem with people. They they end up putting some of these shows on a pedestal. Bring it back down. It was it was something from my childhood, and it's like you know we get to. I think we get to feel young again. That's how I look at it. If you know, I, I would I, I would I want a day where I'm showing my my own kids these old TV shows from PBS that were about a lesson that about it was about being friends. It was about treating your neighbor with respect. You know, things that we could all agree on. I kind of miss those days where we could all put something out into the world and it was something we all agreed on it didn't bring division it brought us together and right now you know a lot of what you see is bringing division that's why i understand some people when they get tired of being woke or they get they get tired of the topic of being woke 
when sometimes you want to take a break and just watch something that no one is going to have a problem with. Well, clearly I have a problem with this, okay? Because no, stop remaking stuff. Like, just stop it, okay? Leave it alone. I don't need you to to remake Clifford the Big Red Dog. I don't need you remaking Caillou. I don't need you remaking, uh, what was the, uh, just stop remaking stuff. Just stop. Like, I understand that we want feel-good movies, and I want feel-good movies too, right? Like, I just want a movie that doesn't have to make me think, or what, you just, just good, wholesome family movies that I can take my kid to. I love that, Okay. But just stop. This is unnecessary. This is unnecessary. No one wants to see this. Well, well just <laughs> besides, so you know, besides you. <laughs> just so you know, it ain't about you. It ain't about me. This is about the new generation. <laughs> the kids are gonna love it. You know what I'm saying? For us, for us, we're gonna be gonna compare it, and you know, no matter what, it's never gonna be better than the original because. As kids, that cartoon was perfect. We weren't thinking about the little things. Yes, now it was that we're older, yeah, but because we're older now, we're gonna look at it like, okay, like, yeah, I don't like this. But if we were, if we were to really watch that cartoon now, we might see little things that we didn't see as a kid, and suddenly look at it with a different lens. But we gotta understand this: this movie isn't isn't for us; it's for the kids. You know, it's about bringing them together, and I'm all for that. Yeah. I'm all, I'm like. I'd rather watch Clifford the Big Red Dog with the bad CGI <laughs> than that Netflix movie that they had um, called Cuties, was it? Right? Yes, 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 yes. I remember that. I remember that. I would, Yeah, I would rather them put out a, a bad CGI movie with Clifford the Big Red Dog than a movie like Cuties that has all types of messages in it and somehow we're supposed to embrace it? No. Yeah. No, I don't want to embrace these controversial issues that involve our kids. No, just give the kids a simple lesson about, oh, this person was mean to me, but at the end of the movie, we became best friends for life. Give me that one for the kids and call it a day. Yeah, I, I get I mean, look, all these li- like, like, I guess people are just cashing in on the, on the live action stuff. You know, Disney is doing their whole lineup of fairy tale stuff, live action. So... You know, I get it. And, you know, this has been going back decades and decades, but it just seems like more recently we're just getting all these remakes. And I just wish that they would just give more chances to talented storytellers out there and filmmakers out there and and just not just uh, just not ruin my childhood anymore. They just please stop. That's it. All right. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm all excited. I mean, I just want to see what I'm thinking about this. When I saw that trailer, you know, it, it almost brought a little bit of a tear. Not to me. <laughs> because I'm like watching it, and it's just saying how like she, she's, she finds this little red dog, and they say, "Well, is he gonna get big?" And they like, "Well, it just depends on how much love you give him." Oh god. And that's all. It won me over on that. Oh god. Just on that alone, it won me over, and then like he's half the size of a house. Because she loved him. That that's that to me is a great message, you know. I'm like fake puking right now. This is so ridiculous. We gotta go. This is ridiculous. All this cuddly. I remember. Shit. I remember this. I remember this one episode where they had different dogs lined up, different sizes and colors. Yeah. And the message was like, "You can't judge a person because they're different than you." That's that right. That was like, I, and I understood what they were really trying to say, even at that age, about you know you can't how you shouldn't judge. 
Like, they just had great messages. You know, I loved Emily Elizabeth, and I think that was her dad. That was, look, look, I loved Clifford. I think I owned the stuffed Clifford ones. Like, look, it, it all warms my heart, okay? I would watch the cartoon again. You know, if I want to feel young again, I go watch cartoons. Just last night, I was watching the X-Men cartoons just to help me fall asleep, okay? We can go back. If I want to show my kid what it was like, I'll go show him the cartoon. I don't need to take him to this crap and go show it to him. I, I just don't, okay? That's just my opinion. You let us know what, what your thoughts are on this because clearly we have different views on this, but I'd love to hear from you guys what you think. Let us know on our Facebook or Instagram, or uh, you can send us your responses at the foreign lady podcast at gmail.com or on our website at the foreign lady media at foreignladymedia.com. Do you have anything to say before we leave? Go watch Clifford the Big Red Dog. Do not <laughs> watch Clifford the Big Red Dog. Support it. Support your childhood. That's all it is. <laughs> if you want to go watch Clifford, go watch Clifford. And you can sit there for an hour and a half or two hours that you'll never get back. Okay, we got to go. Thank you guys for joining us. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye now. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Foreign Lady. If you enjoyed today's show, please rate and review to help others find the podcast too. And be sure to subscribe so you're the first to know when the latest episode drops. Join the conversation on Facebook and Instagram at The Foreign Lady Podcast. See you next time.